there's a process in the book of Acts that happens. Um, you know, somebody's in jail. I mean, Pentecost needs to happen. The mission needs to happen. The persecution. Whenever there's an obstacle or an opportunity for the gospel, five things happen. First of all, they got together, prayed, and fasted together. Secondly, the Holy Spirit shows up. Look at the passages from Acts 1, 2 to 4 to 12, whatever. Thirdly, the Word of God goes forth with power. Then there's reaction. Some accept and get saved. The church grows. Some reject and persecute. And lastly, the church grows like crazy. Welcome to another episode of the Pass the Baton podcast, where we pass on what has been passed to us. And what we pass on are, are basically life, ministry, and everything in between. And today we have uh, Elder Jerry Page, who is the uh, Ministerial Director for the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Uh, for those of our listeners that may not understand what all of that means, um, basically our church is a worldwide church. Um, we have 13 divisions around the world and unions within those and then conferences. So we're in our local conference office still here. And, um, and so... Uh, the General Conference is the World Church's organization and provides support for that. So, Jerry, you would say you're the pastor of all the pastors across the... Well, that's the, one way to say it. It's, it's <laughs> obviously not possible. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I have a, we have a team of about 13 people, and half of us travel a lot, and we go out with pastoral and elders and deacons de meetings and that kind of thing, give, give nurture and training, but we produce a lot of resources, several magazines and all that too, so yeah. we're trying to help that group, but can't be personally with everybody. I, yeah. I understand that completely. In fact, in one of those magazines I would assume we're talking about is Ministry Magazine. Yeah, Ministry Magazine, Elders Digest. My wife produces a journal for spouses, okay. pastors. Yeah. Oh, that's Elder Page, I'm pretty sure, it's not just us, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people are curious, how does, how does one become the pastor? Of pastors of the world. How does yeah. how did your journey take you yeah. to that? It sure was never anything we sought or planned for or anything. We just were in a conference in Central California and Pennsylvania before that, just doing our best to I was president of those conferences. We were leading there and always tried to to keep spiritual renewal and walk with Jesus at the center of, of leadership. And uh, Janet, we went through some experiences ourselves with kind of renewals along our journey and uh, some some trauma and other things, but uh, our journey has kind of been leading for spiritual leadership for people, for leaders mm -hmm. <laughs> in the conference of pastors and those others. So that was happening in the conference in 2010. Uh, the general conference leadership um, asked us if we go to the world and help, you know, do the kinds of things we were doing for and develop resources for everybody in this 22 million members and 30,000 pastors and 250,000 elders probably and all of that. Wow. So since then, we didn't know what we are doing. We didn't expect to be there, but God told us to go. And so we've just done our best to work with our team and try to meet people's needs and that are leading others with a special focus on, and Elder Wilson asked us to do this at the beginning, a special focus on our greatest and most urgent need, we've mm -hmm. been told, is a revival of true godliness for our leaders, mm -hmm. for our pastors and our, their families and that kind of thing. So that's been a, a special mission we've been on to. And Elder Wilson, is, Ted Wilson, is the um, president of the General Conference. So he is the president of the, of the Worldwide Church. So, um, so how do you... 
Well, you already said that a big part of what you do is obviously you can't pastor, you can't get a pastor with 30,000 different pastors, which is one of the questions that we were kind of curious, like how many pastors are there in the world? Yeah, um, <laughs> that's our thing. Probably if you figure all the other people that are caring for churches, I mean, elders care for 80% of the churches. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know my wife is from India and mm. um, the pastors over there usually will come by the church maybe once or twice a year yeah. and it's led by lo localism they come in there they ordain elders they, they do baptisms right. they do weddings and that's yeah, that's pretty much 30 50 churches you know yeah. places. and so that's that, that's very that's very interesting but I, I, I'm, I'm curious because you were talking just before we started the cameras mm -hmm. on that, that you travel a lot mm -hmm. so how do you how do make how do you maintain because obviously you can't lead somewhere you're not going yourself how do you maintain your spiritual life, your your devotional life, while you're traveling? You said two hundred thousand miles a year. Yeah, I mean, we did. Mm -hmm. wow. two hundred and some days a year out of the house. We were together most of the time, so that was, that was good. Yeah, it's it's just something you have to prioritize. But sometimes you get in late at night, and you're supposed to speak first thing in the morning, and so you know you just have to catch um, the time when you can. But if you don't, you begin to die, you know, spiritually, and so. On planes, uh, you know, and uh, when you're walking, getting a little exercise before you go to bed or something, you just need to spend time with Jesus wherever you can. But, you know, we try to plan our schedule so that we will have some time before we go to work each day. And, but that's not always easy in different cultures all over the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm just, <laughs> when I'm just still like mind blown by the fact that there's 30,000 pastors that you uh, obviously you're not interacting with all of them um, but you are looked up as the pastor of pastors and I'm just curious like from your journey your experience traveling from this place to this place all over the world engaging with pastors uh, what is one thing that you have seen um, that pastors all over the world <laughs> are, are struggling with I mean, yeah, so obviously they have lots of churches, but I mean, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure you have seen something that we all, as pastors, struggle with. Or maybe one or two things, if you don't Or maybe one or two things, sure, yeah, so you know, I mean, like, I think we just talked about one of them, and, yeah. and that is, it's so easy to want to be a good pastor. Yeah. You've got things coming at you so much, you never catch up. Uh -huh. To skip the private time with Jesus and, and Education 2661, in this book, it says, you know, we tend to rush through his presence. We don't have communion. Uh -huh. And because of that, it's like, our battery ran out, or, or we didn't plug into the cell charger by waiting for counsel and being with him and, and having a personal relationship. Everything is about that personal relationship. But pastors, when they take anonymous servers, surveys too often around the world, they say, you know, we're, we got our goals to meet, we got our people's needs, we got meetings. Yeah. You know, so we get up in the morning and boom. We get up in the morning and we're, somebody in Asia is after us already because it's almost night there. You know, so right. we have to put our cell phone over here or else miss it. So that's, that's one of the biggest challenges is, is time for you and for the family and for God. And uh, if you miss that, Jesus said you can't do anything right. Wow. And, and, but if you do that, he says you can ask anything in my name if you abide in me, 10 mm -hmm. 15. Mm -hmm. He says that uh, 10 times in seven verses. Wow. If you abide in me. And then he says seven times in three chapters, if you abide in me, you can ask anything in my name and I will do it. So that's, that's the big thing is working on our own power. I think, or working for self, or you know, uh, one one field did a survey anonymously. Their pastors and the, the guys that did it were young guys like yourself, who were you know, surveyors, and their hearts were broken. They said, "Too many of these pastors are saying we work for power, or position, or perks, or please people, or you know, all the P's." And uh, they say they just don't have time for their family and for God. 
you know, and so their lives are falling apart while they're looking good with their, their stuff. But there's, you know, there's wonderful people all over the world. That's the other part of it. And many godly pastors are they're doing a wonderful job. Some are struggling in that area. And all of us struggle with self and struggle with time with God. I think those are a couple of the main ones. But it's uh, it's amazing what God is doing through his pastors and his people, too, all over the world. It's just, uh, when you look at what this church has come in 175 years, uh, it's it's amazing. The it's like every two and a half hours, uh, a new church is planted somewhere in the world, and you know, it's just amazing. We're in all these languages and countries and everything, but we're still here. Mm-hmm. That's the big problem. <laughs> 175 yeah. years, and we haven't gone home. And Jesus wanted to come a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So that's the burden that has to be on our hearts. Yeah, yeah. Well, what would you say to somebody who's watching this that's <clears throat> that's maybe not necessarily a pastor but a church mm-hmm. member? What could they do? Because um, obviously, you know, devotional life is important. But what could they do to be a, a, a more of a support network for for the pastors? Well, that's a really good question, and I think not to criticize them, not talk behind them, <laughs> pray for you them. You heard it first. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, really, that's the big problem, is we, we tend to depend too much on pastors, yeah. and the, the, the biblical view is that we should be priests of all believers. The pastors have a specific role, but if they don't do everything that people want now, there's real criticism quickly. And that's really demoralizing to, to the pastoral family. You know, you're doing your best, you're trying hard, and somebody's not happy you didn't get flowers for their funeral. Or, you know, I mean, just little things like that. My son's a, a young pastor who's done a bang-up job, I think, but no bias. But, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, he gets criticized for crazy things once in a while, you know, and it hurts because you're, you're loving these people and doing your best for them. So if the people would pray for their pastors, and if their pastor's doing something wrong, either go directly to them or just pray for them. Um, you know, because God has a wonderful way of changing leaders and humbling leaders. And, and uh, my wife and I have had people come to us and say, well, our pastor's terrible. We want to get rid of him. He doesn't believe in prophecy. He doesn't preach right. And he's not evangelistic. And we need a new pastor and everything. And my wife will tell them, listen, are you praying for your pastor? I say, oh, yeah, we, we pray. How much? Well, we've got together several times, you know, a week or two or something. She said, no, you, you go and you pray intensely, a bunch of you who are, feel this way. Pray for your pastor to be Holy Spirit filled and watch what happens. I remember one church, she, she told them, she said, okay, so these people began to really pray for their pastor to be. Well, what she said, what she said to them is pray for a Holy Spirit filled pastor. She said, they wanted to change their pastor. Mm-hmm. So they're thinking, oh, it was a different one. They came two years later. They said, man, our pastor has been converted. It's amazing. He's preaching prophecy. We're having evangelistic meetings. He's he's a different man. So, yeah, well, you prayed for two years that you have a Holy Spirit filled pastor and he came on. You know, so... I guess I'm saying if people will pray for their pastors and love their pastors and uh, if they have a concern, go to them directly instead of talking to 10 other people. Uh, those pastors will be supportive. They'll, they'll change. They'll be better. You know, or they'll, God will move them up. That happens. And it's interesting. Sometimes I've, I've noticed, at least in my ministry, and you know I'm still young in the ministry, in that thing, I've been pastoring for a little over 10 years now, and I've noticed that when people start praying for people, not it's not necessarily the person that they're praying for changes, their heart changes exactly. toward that person and they see them in a different light sometimes. I mean, sometimes it's, not, much so. it's not even the, the pastor may not have, it, the pastor could have changed. He may have been going through it. Cause I know, I, at least for me, if I'm being honest, you know, the past year with, with COVID and with all this stuff and the political so, turmoil and yeah, yeah. all the infighting in the church and mm-hmm. you know, the, the, literally the fact that you can't be right no matter what decision. If you sit there and you talk about mask, yep, mask yep, you, yep. you're wrong. If you talk about no mask, you're wrong. If you get back, you're wrong. If you don't get back, you're wrong. Devil's laugh. You're never, you're never doing that. And so there's been times where it's like, I really needed that, uh, 
encouragement or that yeah. prayer yeah. and 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 that affirmation that I felt like I, I wasn't necessarily getting. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that my work performance failed. Yeah. I mean, not failed, but it was less than what it could have been if I had fe- if I had it's been hurt. supported. Because it's you know just trying to just trying to make it the day. Because I'm a I'm a person that I know for me it's it's really hard to I want to give everything, and I will go and I will go and I will go until or my you're body. Out can't. And then you still get criticized. Yeah, and then well, even and even more than that one, it's like and I burn myself out, and then I just don't want to do anything. Just once in there, I've yeah. got to get out of bed, you know. And there's yeah. that there there's the old joke that that says that the 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 wife gets up in the morning and says, honey, yeah, you're ready for church. Like, I don't want to go to church. You know, the people don't like me. And I don't like them. It's like, well, you got to go. You're the pastor, you know? And, um, I don't know if I've ever gotten to that point. So yeah. any of my members are listening. I have got to the point where I didn't want to go to church, but there has been times where, where I've gotten discouraged Demoralizing, or, yeah. and stuff. So I really appreciate the idea of praying, praying for your pastor and praying for the leaders of the church. Um, on, on the idea of, uh, of praying for those leaders, um, can you think of a story that you can share with us on, well, I mean, I guess you just shared one of what one time, but a, a story of where you saw prayer really change something that it, it, it had to be God. Mm-hmm. And so it could be a personal experience. It could be something you saw, what, you know, when you saw, when you saw prayer really change something that you, you couldn't be like, well, that could have, that was going to happen anyway. It was like that, that was God. Well, there's so many. I mean, I'll be sharing a lot of that this weekend, actually, in terms of growth and, and what we do to, to lead the church. But maybe I'll just get real personal. And again, my wife and I got married after major trauma in both our lives. Her husband had died, and I had a, a major experience, too. We were looking for a new work. Well, God's next thing was for us. We got together, and about um, seven years later, uh, you know, I had looked very successful as a pastor. And, I took in the office for personal ministries at 30 and 36, I got elected to president. And that day, I, mean, I was feeling pretty good about myself, went home, <clears> here <throat> she was at home praying that I wouldn't be elected. Wow. And she had been trying for some time to get her own relationship together with the Lord. Um, sometimes it was better than other, but she had given up. She just said, I'm too bad, I'm not gonna be saved, but I'm just gonna keep taking the kids to church and keep going through the motions. And I didn't even know that. That's how insensitive I was. I was so busy with my ministry, so busy with looking good and trying to help people. I mean, a lot of it was good stuff I was doing and trying to help them be spiritual, but my own wife was dying and I didn't know it. So the reason you asked me a question about when somebody got prayed for, I'm telling about us. Um, so we go to camp meeting and uh, people are saying, oh, congratulations, how's it feel to be the first lady? And she's dying inside. You know, she's mm-hmm. thinking, if you only knew. Uh, Jerry's making me be here, be friendly and you know, stuff. So, but then that week, there was a speaker at camp meeting, uh, Dave Walkowitz, who was a friend of ours from years ago with Revival and Holy Spirit. And he was there giving powerful seminars on the Holy Spirit. And he challenged the people. He said, you got a new young president couple. He knew us. He said, uh, will you just pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit in their lives every day? Will you commit that? I mean, he had them commit and stand up and order. So they started coming to us by the end of the week saying, you know, We've committed, we're gonna get our group together, we're gonna to pray for you guys for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They didn't know anything about Janet's experience, and I just found out. But anyway, everywhere we went for the next two years, people in churches were coming up and saying, we're praying for you guys every night, we, our small group every week, you know, and we're praying for you to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Wow. This went on for two years, and my wife had a dramatic turnaround. I mean, it's a whole story, we don't have time to tell you here, but God <clears throat> took her to a well, I forced her into doing a women's retreat. <laughs> she was at, at her wit's end. Well, I don't know how to do this. I've never been to this. And you know, so I was still not doing too good. But anyway, it, it was something God used to 
throw her on her face before the Lord and start her relationship again and just turn out wonderful. And then God took her to a point in that new relationship with him where things were drying up again. She said, oh God, oh please, what's wrong? And he said, you've got this bitterness with this person. It's been going on a long time here. you got to clear that up. But it was that person. And I knew it too. They had done it to her and uh, done all these things to her. God was said, just get it right. So she went to the phone early one morning. We were in a motel. She went down to the payphone at the time. And she said, God, I don't know what to say to this person. You're saying, get it right. I'm going to call them. But I don't know what to say. She's done everything to me. So she gets on the phone with uh, this woman, very close to both of us. And she doesn't know what to say. She said, God, you got to help me. So he pours into her mind something she could ask forgiveness for. And so she asks, so will you forgive me for this that I did to you? Another thing comes in. Four times this happened. So here she's there, not knowing what to say, and God's telling her, you apologize for these things you did to her. Mm. So anyway, that reconciled them. I mean, the other person never thought she did anything wrong, and we knew she wouldn't. But from then on, they were able to be friends, and it was what God did. Uh, you know, I can tell you a story after story like that. But anyway, wow. out of that, she became uh, so, this dynamic prayer warrior. Wow. At our conference, we prayed in all our meetings and, and had seasons of prayer with our people, and we saw miracles, the healings. The academy had... 15 baptisms that year of kids and they've wow. been dead. So on it went the whole conference. I went to Central Cal and I'll tell tonight about the stories in Central Cal. Amazing. But it's just, I mean, I saw our own lives change. And then the women praying for me, I changed too. And, you know, wow. But we, we came to, it's like an awakening of the power of calling on God's name. And he says this in John 13, 17. He says, you know, if you abide in me, you can ask anything in my name. He says that seven times. Mm-hmm. And it says, abide in me. 10 times in, in six verses there. And so that's the core. He says, without that, you can do nothing. Wow. Nothing. And pastors, we don't believe that. We say, well, i got all this work to do. I'll just rush today and do it. But the fact is, Jesus said, you can't do anything without being filled with me and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You need the mind of Christ. So anyway, more yeah. than you ask. Well, I was, I was actually, I wanted to just, just, just make sure I understood this and maybe get some clarification. So mm-hmm. you're saying that your wife apologized for four different things that she had done and the other person never apologized for what they did. But they could become friends. This person we knew very well, and she has issues. You know, she had issues and passed away. But So she was. She knew she was never going to apologize to her. So she's on the phone trying to get right this bitterness out of her. God does this to her, and the bitterness was gone. That's that's yeah. amazing and powerful. Then on, I mean, and you know, that's what was holding her spiritual experience back. She says, now that's why, because God kept trying to tell me. And I said, no, there's no way. Jesus couldn't deal with this one. I'm not, I'm not, I can do that. So she kept stuffing that down until it ruined her spiritual life. Mm-hmm. So when she talks to people, she makes an appeal. If there's anybody you got bitterness towards, any, any problem going on, get right. It, it does, it'll open up your spiritual yeah. life. You know? So that's, that's one experience out of hundreds we've had. Now of seeing wow. God change people and lives, but it was us. Wow, that's, well, I, I want to appreciate the vulnerability. I just know it's, yeah. that, can, that can definitely definitely be hard. Um, I know that when I when I think about my wife and I know the hours that my wife has spent praying for me and um, and, and, and I you know I spend so much time praying for her because she's she's a school teacher assistant so there's the blessing of us being able to work together in ministry and stuff but there's also the stresses that that, yeah, that sure. entails um, but think, uh, think of the people pastors that don't have a wife that prays for them yeah. you, know, yeah. so you think <laughs> you think of the well you think of the issues and I mean marriages and our pastor families and also people need to pray for our pastors because the devil if he knows if he can take a leader down he yeah. gets a whole flock messed up you know so uh, we just our people need to pray for us and, and that's that's a 
Well, I know that um, you know we, we know a mutual friend, Paul Goya. Oh yeah. And um, when I first when I first went to interview um, with the board where he was pastoring at, um, Elder Haley actually had given me a book, uh, the one miracle after oh, yeah, another that 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 was Pavel's story. And I remember um, I put it down. I didn't read it right then because I mean I, yeah, I got it and was going to go interview. And then we end up I went and interviewed and I came back and then I read the entire book in Pavel's accent and like I heard his his, his accent through all this. And then I didn't put it down. Yeah, and then you know I didn't. I read the entire thing in a single sitting. And one that was one of the things that I was really impressed with is that it's not it was he never designated a certain time to pray. Mm -hmm. He would get up and pray until he felt God's there. And because you had talked about earlier, it's like we will we will not wait for the counsel from God. Yeah. And uh, that's something that I know I can definitely be better about is waiting waiting yeah. on that counsel for God during my that's prayer time. Um, and that's why. I, and now I'm better, a lot better about it now. Like my 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 morning is after we get we everything going. I will sit down and have my prayer and devotional mm -hmm. time, and then I'll go to the gym whenever I'm done. And some mornings I'll go to the gym at 7:30. There's other mornings I don't get to the gym until 10. Yeah. And so it's been that's been a huge benefit, at least. And I have really felt that's helped renew me. And you know, I wish I can say I've been doing that for the whole 10 years of my ministry. Um, All of us struggle. With yeah. Way. They asked somebody asked Mark Finley. Uh, you know, and he's been a mentor to me. Made him a advisor to us in ministerial and revival reformation. And somebody asked him, Mark, how long do you pray? I'm looking for a formula. And Mark thought about it a while. He said, I pray till I have communion. Mm. And you know that's it. Sometimes you don't have an hour and a half or two hours. You have ten minutes. <clears throat> but if we really focus, Jesus knows that, and we can still have to be in a short time. And then what we need is His presence all day long. Uh, one thing about Pablo Goya, you know, I talk about people's lives in prayer. I mean, his his life is full of miracles. <clears throat> when I called you to ask about him for ministerial, it was to be editor of Minister Magazine. That's the position that was open. I'd had a major person. I think a lot of suggest him three times. And I said, you know, Pablo's uh, from another country. He doesn't, you know, he has an accent and writing is not his thing. In English, we're talking about editing a peer-reviewed ministry. <laughs> and I turned away from it twice, but God took me back there again. And when I was talking to you and others, this other guy, Neil Nadley, he was saying, you know, this guy's spiritual. You know, he's just spiritual. I think that's what we need in ministry. And I agreed with that, but I said, it'd be nice if we knew English better. <laughs> 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 but it's been amazing. I mean, we called him. It didn't make sense. Some on the personal committee, and we just said, God has led us to this. We believe, and I talked to him. It's amazing how he's changed Minister Magazine, audio, and his QR codes, and the it's, designs, and all this thing. And he's got an assistant editor that can edit better in English, and he does a lot of the you know that tinkering. But his vision is keeping the magazine centered on the Lord and, and growth and what we need. So. Talk about a miracle. I mean, yeah. and his whole life is that. He's yeah. been here 20 years, came knowing five words of English, and now he's editor of Master Magazine. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is, which is fantastic. Well, speak, speaking of that one, because Ministry Magazine is probably, you know, mm -hmm. the direct impact that your ministry has on my ministry is because, you know, I, I, read, I, read, I read Ministry Magazine every month. It's one of the very few like periodicals that I read. I, I read it. I, I read it very regularly, and there's other pastors in my community um, who get it the every other month because you know the mm -hmm. one month it goes to it talks All more general, reach, yeah. and then it goes to other ones. So I've got I've got pastoral friends that I've given 
I've, I've given subscriptions to, uh, and I really do appreciate that. Um, but it is, I, I do find it really interesting on the changes that have happened. And of course I didn't, you know, I, I've only talked to Paul maybe a half dozen times mm -hmm. since he's left Lexington. You know, I'll, I'll call him every once in a while just to check on him and see how things are going, yeah. with, going with him and whatnot. But um, it's, I, I, just so you know, that's been a major blessing to me. Um, and uh, I have, I have, I have really, I've really appreciated that one. Of course, one of our, um, one of, one of the uh, people there in Manchester with the church I pastor was on the cover just recently. Marlon Robinson oh, yeah. is one of the, uh, he's the, he's the chaplain of our hospital there in Manchester. So I've been pushing Paul on this. We got somebody to help him, but he's, he's put, um, we're just finishing a new book. It'll come out in May and uh, it's in America. You know, it's, it's since, since the European thing. So it's going to be powerful too. It's just the miracles, and we don't even have to call it yet. We're trying to think of a title that is like living the Book of Acts every day kind of thing, you know, because that's Pablo prays so much about things. And he came into that and had a lot of issues to get through, but he just hits his knees major. He did that in Lexington. If you heard the story, how he got started there, I mean, he just wasn't going for the first six months, but he and Dana prayed, 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 prayed until it broke. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I, I know that. I think we all know that prayer is powerful, and I know you're particularly passionate about prayer and reformation. That's something that you and your team with the GC are really uh, emphasizing. So, uh, you know, we have many church members that are going to be listening to this podcast, and so, you know, they hear these stories about how prayer has changed your life, has changed Pavel's ministry, has changed your life, my life. Um, and I know that there are many people that, you know, they cognitively grasp yeah. that prayer is powerful but how like how do you like for those of us tom and i we pastor mm -hmm. small churches and you know small country churches mm -hmm. how do you how do you what are some practical steps obviously there's no formula you're just going to yeah. do it but how, what would you say to those churches that are you know that are dying getting mm -hmm. older how, how would you encourage them to you know to really pray mm -hmm. well there's our personal prayer life yeah and again we just need to do it you know, Janet, when she got back into it, she said, God, I don't, this Bible's boring. I've mm -hmm. heard these stories before. You've mm -hmm. got to make it real. And after yeah. a couple of three weeks, he began to speak to her. And I found the same thing. If I really asked God to speak to me. So, you know, just starting to do it and asking God to guide you how and just opening your heart in prayer. I mean, you can read like Ellen White's chapter on, on prayer and, and steps to Christ. She just says, open your heart like to a friend and begin to talk and, and listen and be quiet, all of that. So there's some basics like that. Um, but I think, you know, we've, here's my plug, I guess, but we've been working on a revivalreformation.org website for the 12 years that we've been there. Melody Mason, if you've ever heard of her, she's written some great books too. She's half time to put new resources on there. So she's been focusing for the last seven years on just getting resources. So we got hundreds and hundreds of resources on there under prayer, Bible, witness, and, you know, Holy Spirit. So, you know, that's, that's, you can go there and it's like a sports board. There's a lot of different things under those topics that people could maybe find one that hits them, you know, and helps them. So that's that's a practical thing. So revivalreformation.org is a good resource and we've tried to do that for the world and it's one of the most used websites, you know, and people are tapping into the resource and most of them are in English, but you know, that's okay here. But, you know, again, uh, if we're seeking, he meets our needs. And if we, you know, I, I think too, that. Dwight Nelson has been focusing so much on this. I don't know if you've seen a little book by Elman Hubble on um, personal revival mm -hmm. and the, how to pray for the Holy Spirit every day. Dwight said that changed his ministry more than anything in 30 years. 
that little book that isn't written that well by a German retired pastor. But it's, uh, it, you know, it's uh, almost a million downloads and stuff because it, it's very real about sin and reformation that comes along with it too. We need to be willing to let God give us repentance mm -hmm. uh, and, and help us with those things because they will block our spiritual life. So we just, but taking practical things like that, books and, and other resources and really soaking on it, ask God to show us what we need to do and let him guide us through the process. Janet's been a big help to me on that of, of asking God, what do I need to do? Who do I need to get for a prayer partner? Who do I need, to, what book should I read? And just, <laughs> so uh, God will guide us in those kinds of things. You know, I could say, well, I'll do this and this, but, and there are some key things that help. Uh, Melody Mason's books are great. Daring to Ask for More, and, and mm -hmm. the, it's a good the last one we just she just put out, and we've helped her with that is uh, Daring to Live by Every Word. And, yeah. and so, and that's more on self and uh, getting self and surrendering and, and confession and, and, and re revival and reformation. So, anyway, we've actually given out several copies of that to our local prison, and we actually have we've had we 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 I think we had 100, 150 books that we gave out, yeah. but that last uh, that that last year uh, they're just really practical. And, you know, Jan and I have others who worked with her as she wrote and tried to make sure stories were in there. So I think it's it, I daring to ask been one of the best sellers anywhere. So, yeah. That's that's really powerful. It's just it is amazing what prayer can actually do. And of course, I always uh, I know this intellectually. And again, like I said, I'm going through a season now where I've spent where I, I do spend more time in prayer. And of course, I've broadened my horizons on what I think prayer is it's not just getting on your knees and just telling god what you need it's it, you know there's a time for listening and yeah. and opening the bible and the bible and, and and allowing you know allowing god to speak through my daily my daily readings and sometimes it's it's the 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 one with the when you know I'll be praying and the wind will catch a page and fly it over a couple, three or four pages. And I've, you Sometimes know, it, works it happens like that. Yeah. It happen, It doesn't happen like that often. I won't say that's the, yeah. that's not me. It's not the, the way that I, I do my, but it, there's been times where that, that happens. And so I'm just, I really appreciate that. So, you know, we haven't talked a lot about the practice of ministry. We could talk about that, <clears throat> but as we've gone around the world, we almost always talk about these subjects because if pastors, if pastors, families will connect with Jesus, <laughs> we'll feel, be filled with the spirit every day. Look at where he'll take you. I mean, tonight we're going to talk about what happened in Central Cal. And we just went to a conference that had a bunch of problems, and uh, we didn't know what to do, and the members were upset at the conference, and the pastors were upset. And we just said, pray for us, guys. We're just going to go off through this journey. And we had no idea whether Chef came in here or not. We didn't know whether, you know, the things, there was no money, and there was issues and issues. But as we, as, as we connect and ask people to connect with us, then the Holy Spirit takes us way beyond in, in skills, and ministries, and programs. I mean, our evangelism committee uh, didn't know what to do. But when we ended up with all this money, because God took us on that journey for money, uh, it, it wasn't a money journey, it was a prayer journey. We said, the camp meeting, we kept it going. And then we said, just ask God in 10 days what you should do to help win people from San Francisco, Silicon Valley, and this conference. And then you pledge whatever he asks you to. If you, if you don't, he doesn't impress you. We don't want your money. Mm. We're not going out after your money. Yeah. That's what the prayer partners and Janet came up you know that this God wanted to do some of that offering and so it ended up going to a million and then two million dollars wow. in ten days and so wow. that opened up talk about evangelism our committee had to have revival and reformation retreats and make sure because that was such sacred money that we were using the right thing so out came the student alley program for North America the glow tracks you know Bible worker program all this stuff that you've seen affect this country and then we went around the world partly to tell that story because mm. they prayed God Give us, give us a miracle to 
pray for that would tell everybody in Central California that they'll pray over their marriages, pray over the school problems, pray over the ministry, how to do the bands and the mother stuff, that you will answer those prayers. They don't have to come to the conference prayer committee that's meeting every week with Janet. They can get it. And, but make such a big miracle that everybody will know prayer and united prayer will really work. And he put them on the evangelism offering. And they started praying for that at overflowed over 100,000 every year, more, until one year, one third of million. And that was something I was praying for. And so we weren't asking wow. for money. We were saying, God, just you just speak to your people. People well, had dreams, they had depression, they had all kinds of stuff. It's, it's, it's interesting that you talk about that because that reminds me of something that Elder Haley had talked about in, in, in his interview is, is you know, prayer. You know, we talked about the idea of prayer and at what point, you know, does prayer make us, are we praying for God's guidance or does prayer make us feel good? Because, you know, I shared mm -hmm. with him, yeah, I shared with him that, you know, my brother has been very sick. And so I've asked, you know, different groups to pray for him. It's like, well, how many different groups does it take for God to hear? How many different people does it take much for time. God to, to, to hear? Where is there is, is there a weight in the balance of when you get so many people to pray, then God answers? At what 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 point what what point does that come that come in? Of course, I mean that could be an entire different topic. It's on you know that's one of the, that's a that's that's a really popular type of thing to think about. It's yeah. like, well, why does God answer some prayers and I answer other prayers? Well, um, I think United Prayer more powerful she says why yeah and so it's it really is interesting it's like well if one person is praying if the prayer of a righteous man avails much you know why? anyway I, I'm not asking for I'm not even asking a question this much it's just interesting that that well, came up she says it's because of the unity of heart the oneness of purpose excites the Holy Spirit and he's able to it, you know it's, it's about unleashing it, it's a rule you know we're talking about a war right now going on in this world that makes us all sick there are rules in a war you can commit war crimes, we're hearing about that. Mm -hmm. In heaven, God set up rules for the great controversy. And one of his rules is, I can only do some things for you if you pray. And he also said, we're two or three, and talks about united prayer. And you go to the book of Acts, there's a process in the book of Acts that happens. Um, you know, somebody's in jail, I mean, Pentecost needs to happen, the mission needs to happen, the persecution. Whenever there's an obstacle or an opportunity for the gospel, five things happen. First of all, they got together, prayed, and fasted together. Secondly, the Holy Spirit shows up. Look at the passages from Acts 1, 2 to 4 to 12, whatever. Thirdly, the Word of God goes forth with power. Then there's reaction. Some accept and are saved. The church grows. Some reject and persecute. And lastly, the church grows like crazy. Mm. And over and over you'll see this. Uh, tonight I'll pass out a thing. Just with the different passages. Uh, maybe they're praying over going into the mission. And they pray over each other and then... God does this, or he sends vision. So, you know, it's, it is united prayer, like she says, is because we are so diverse and so different and disunited, but they prayed in one accord. And she said, hey, well, we'll have a oneness of purpose and a oneness of heart that will allow the Holy Spirit to do what he did in the upper room. So united prayer is important. It's, you know, we pray individually and he hears every prayer and sends an angel and answers every earnest prayer of faith. But... She says, when we pray together, there's a power unleashed that is greater. Mm. And this thing in Central Cal was camp meeting with, you know, eight to 10,000 people on the weekends and all week, three to 5,000 that were praying, what should I do, God? And praying for the sovereign. They got to love it. I mean, you know, this is God doing this. This isn't Jerry Page. This isn't the leader. They were on a God journey. And when our, when our people know that God is leading and we're praying for every problem we have, they'll follow us anywhere willingly because they're following God. If they think we're trying to get some money for evangelism, if they think we're trying to twist their arm to do this or that or manipulate them, 
that some of them are good and they'll come along anyway. <laughs> but you know, when they know it's a God thing, they know it was prayed to begin with, it was Him telling us to pray about this. And then they see it going up. And they see all the people, and we bring all the people in, young people and young adults and the Bible workers and the student alleys. And they said, those are our kids. God did this. He saved them. You know, that, okay. So he'll do that in a local church, too. If we will, It's like Pablo, you know, Lexington story. We did that as a case study here recently, too. Nothing's perfect. We know that. But when we pray and get our people praying, a lot of amazing things can happen. Anywhere. Amen. Wow. Thank you, Elder Page, for sharing. Guys, I mean, again, we got to pray. And not just pray individually. We got to pray together. And uh, you heard, you know, God can just, God works through these prayers. He unleashes his spirit to do what it is he wants to do. And so, um, other page, I mean, do you have any uh, last words that you want to share with our, our, our listeners before we wrap it up? Well, yeah, we, we have a wonderful church. I mean, there, Jan and I have been so blessed to go to every corner in the Congo and, and Bangladesh and, you know, everywhere. And, you know, China, it, there are wonderful Adventists everywhere, and God is doing a mighty work in His people, the precious people that pray and pray and, and that care and, and minister and the spirit of the life. So, you know, we're still lukewarm. We're still here. We, we need to take seriously uh, before things get worse because what, what we don't do in a time of ease, we'll have to do, and we're seeing this already. China just passed a law, no Christian proselytizing on our Christian ministry on the internet. India has passed no conversion laws can't convert a Hindu or you get in trouble. You know, we know what's happening in the Middle East and, and, you know, now Ukraine, which is one of our strongest countries in that part of Asia, Europe, Asia, is now being destroyed. You know, I mean, it's just, uh, we had seven hope channels there. We had 400 or 750 churches. It was one of the money generators and solid members in the land. So what Satan brings devastation. So, you know, we're, we have to expect, I think, trouble in this country too you know, we're seeing it in many ways but I don't know what will have to come to wake up God's people so I, I just pray that we can take a little easier route than that had to happen even in Acts the believers had to be spread up in Jerusalem because they were settling down to nurture themselves mm-hmm. and the persecution came to spread them all through the diaspora mm-hmm. so uh, let's let's go <laughs> let's let's get with God and let's watch what the Holy Spirit can do as we fill with him mm-hmm. every day all right, let's go. Um, Elder Page, uh, we want to highlight um, the the ministry uh, that you shared with us. Well, one more time, share with us the website. Yeah, revivalandreformation.org. Okay, revivalandreformation.org. We're going to provide us with resources on how to pray, very practical steps for uh, those of you that really want to take your prayer life to the next level, and not just your personal life, but also your churches. So. And it's it's all kinds of spiritual uh, information not just about prayer it's about the bible it's about you know anointing but all kinds of ways that we can grow spiritually in all the aspects of it. Yeah. well um before we close can you uh, sh- uh say a prayer over yeah, us I'd be happy to. thank you lord you are so good you are god our savior our friend you gave up your you were willing to give up your existence um, for us against somebody you didn't couldn't see through the tomb second death. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Help us to love you so much that spending time with you is not a duty, not something we've got to do, but it's, it's just being with our friend and our, our lover, the one who's saving us. Uh, those that are listening, I pray you'll give them assurance too. Jesus has said he'll finish the work he begun in us. He'll meet every need. 
save us to the uttermost, and, and we can know for sure that we're with him any day because we're married, we're adopted, and we don't get cast out because we're sinners. We are sinners. Thank you for your love. Bless each one that's listening today. Help them to be encouraged that you're you're doing everything possible to save them, their children, their loved ones, and if they just keep asking you, you'll open doors, you'll, you'll open blind eyes, you'll set captives free, and you'll make the crooked things straight, and you'll contend with those who contend with us and save our loved ones. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. Amen.